Shalom. This is Ron Warren with Torah Life Ministries. Today's broadcast is on God's appointed times covering the seven feasts as recorded in Exodus chapter 12 and Leviticus 23 verses 4 to 44. Here is the overview of the seven feasts. The seven feasts of the Lord are his appointed times during which God will meet with man for holy purposes. Four of these feasts are, occur in the spring of the year. They are Passover, Unleavened Bread, First Fruits, and Shavuot, which is also known as Pentecost. These four spring feasts are summed up in only 19 verses of Scripture. They are Leviticus chapter 23, verses 4 to 22. In Messianic Judaism, these feasts represent the Messiah's first coming, which has happened. The third final feast in the fall of the year are in the Hebrew month of Tishri, which is between September and October. They are Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, which is also known as the Day of Atonement, Shakot, also known as Tabernacles. They represent the events that's associated with the Messiah's second coming, which has yet to occur. These three final feasts form the basis of what the Bible calls blessed hope, as recorded in Titus chapter 2, verse 13. Let's start with the spring feast. As mentioned, the first feast is the feast of Passover. This is the foundational feast. The six feasts that follow it are built upon it, and it's covered in Leviticus chapter 23, verse 5. And it also starts the second feast, which is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. In all the words that are used to describe what took place in Egypt, none fits better than one word. Redemption. Israel was redeemed so that they could worship and serve the true and living God. But this redemption is not without cost. Blood had to be shed. All of, the, all, of the, all of the lambs sacrificed in Egypt pointed to one true Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world, as recorded in John chapter 1, verse 29. The second feast is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. This feast was to last for seven days. And on the first and the seventh day, there was to be a time of meeting between God and man. In the preparation for this feast, all eleven products were to be removed from the household. This feast is recorded in Leviticus chapter 23, verses 6 to 8. It is not just spring cleaning. It is to remind us that our need for the spiritual cleansing and repentance Combining this feast with Passover makes this an eight-day celebration. And the one word that fits this feast is sanctification. The Messiah was set apart. His body would not decay in the grave. The next feast is the Feast of First Fruits. This third feast starts on the night of the second day of Feast of Unleavened Bread. First fruits, according to Jewish understanding, is the first crop planted in winter. That's the barley harvest. The first fruits of the harvests are cut and, in a prescribed ceremony, presented to the Lord. 
This feast is recorded in Leviticus chapter 23, verses 9 to 14. Another name for this feast is called Yam Hapikarim, and it also starts the Shafat Hahomer, the counting of the sheaf. Now, the one word that connects to this feast is resurrection. The Lord's acceptance of the first fruits is a pledge or a down payment on his part for the full harvest or resurrection, as recorded in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 14. The last of the spring feasts is the Feast of Shavuot, also known as the Feast of Weeks. This feast also had another name. It was called Pentecost, according to Acts chapter 2, verse 1, meaning 50th. This feast was the first fruits of the wheat harvest. The one word that connects to this feast is the word orientation. This feast is recorded in Leviticus chapter 23, verses 15 to 21. With these first fruits of the wheat harvest, Israel was to bring two loaves of bread. You know, this is the only feast where leavened bread was used. And these two leavened breads represented Jew and Gentile, one in Messiah. And it was the coming of the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, that reinstated the renewed covenant. And the separation between the Jew and the Gentiles had been broken down. With that in mind, let's, let's, take, a look at the third, let's take a look at the three fall feasts. The first of the fall feasts is called the Feast of Trumpets. This feast is also known as Yom Teruah, the day of the blowing, and also known as Rosh Hashanah, literally meaning the head of the year. This feast is recorded in Leviticus chapter 23, verses 23 to 25. And the one word that is connected to this feast is in gathering. Trumpets are Rosh Hashanah, point to a future day when the Messiah returns to rescue the righteous and judge the wicked. The fall feast calls us to regather to a pure faith in God, and Rosh Hashanah has come to represent the day of repentance. It is the day when the people of Israel took stock in their spiritual condition and made the necessary changes to ensure that the upcoming new year would be pleasing to God. And the most notable custom is with the shofar, the trumpet that is mentioned in Scripture. On this day, the shofar is sounded in the synagogue with four different notes, the tiach, which is the blast, the shivarim, which is broken notes, the teruah, which is alarm, and the tekiah hagadah, which is the great blast. Because the shofar was used in the ancient world to hail a king, so on Rosh Hashanah, all Israel is said to appear before the king of kings in anticipation of personal judgment. And this shofar is our wake-up call, calling us to our appointed time. This feast will be fulfilled when the Messiah comes back, as recorded in Matthew chapter 24, verse 31. The second fall feast is the Feast of Yom Kippur. This feast is also known as the Day of Atonement. Yom Kippur is the atonement, meaning covering from the previous year's sin. 
and that atonement or sacrifice was the blood sacrifice of an innocent animal as recorded in Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11. You will find this feast recorded in Leviticus chapter 23, verse 26 to 32. And it is considered the most holy day in the Jewish biblical calendar. It is considered the logical extension of what was started on Rosh Hashanah. And what was started on that day, repentance and self-evaluation, was completed on Yom Kippur with atonement and regeneration. Yom Kippur, or the Day of Atonement, points to a future day in Israel repents of all her sins and turns to the Messiah for salvation. This feast stands alone as a biblical fast day. On this day, white is usually worn, symbolizing the hope of high holy days and the cleansing of our sins, according to Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. This day will close with a final blast of the shofar, and it is believed that the fate of each individual is sealed at this time for the upcoming year. Our hope is that the hope of a sweet and blessed spiritual year, which is illustrated in the break of the fast meal following the sundown. Now, as a Messianic believer, we rejoice in the confidence that the Messiah has paid the price that God required. The last of the fall feasts is the Feast of Shakot. This feast is also known as the Feast of Tabernacles. This is the most and enjoyable and festive of all of the Israel feasts. It is mentioned in Scripture more than any of the other feasts, now, this feast is recorded in Leviticus chapter 23, verses 33 to 44, and it had a twofold purpose. It was to bring in the latter harvest, that's the Jewish thanksgiving, and the command to dwell in booths. It's also known as the Zaman Zipkakenu, the time of our rejoicing. And the one word that can summarize this feast is habitation. Traditional Jewish observance of Shavuot centers on the building of a sukkah, which is a booth or a hut, and the blessing of the lulav, which is a, a palm branch, and the etrog, which is a fruit from Israel. And it is believed that the birth of Yeshua took place on Shukot and is backed by evidences that have been pointed out by a number of theologians. Tabernacles, or Shukot, point to a future day when the Messiah sets up his messianic kingdom and tabernacles or dwells among men. John, in his vision of Revelation, gives us the reality of Shukot as recorded in Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 to 3. And with that, we are finished with this broadcast. Shalom, until the next podcast. If this teaching has been a blessing to you, you might consider subscribing to the Anchor Podcast Platform and Tor Life Ministries website. You can do this at www.torlifeministry.com. Until then, Ron has left the building.